Hey, hit, welcome hit to record. This. Got it already. Welcome to this um, kind of impromptu uh, recap of college football. I mean, it's going to be interesting, so we're going to hit y'all a little recap on that one. But first off, I want to sit there and say, since how it is NFL day, COVID-19 strikes again. Broncos game is postponed. So, I mean, hey, for those of y'all in fantasy, they have some of the Broncos players. If you do, I mean, I know y'all are probably praying from the start anyway, considering their team. But if you do, make sure that you go pick up some new people. I mean, you got a little bit of time, so go ahead and knock it out while you can. Um, switch up your rosters, do what you got to go do. But, yeah, it strikes again. Um, Titans game is still on for right now. I mean, so a couple of them are still going to be playing. But <clears> – <throat> Let's get y'all to this NFL recap. Or college, college recap. As it was, college recap. My bad, y'all got me all. It's Sunday, I'm looking for NFL too, though, so, I mean, you know, but college recap. Uh, first off, for me, I'm going to say top 25. Top 25 of what? As far as I'm concerned, the only two teams that actually even rate to be in the top 25 right now is Clemson and Georgia. They're the only two teams that even came close to impressing me. Top number three and number four. Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame also? Notre, Notre Dame should be in there. Yeah, Notre Dame should be in there. I mean, Notre Dame beat a bad Florida State team last night, but uh, uh, Notre Dame's got a top defense. They've got a top offense. Their quarterback is a hell of a quarterback. So uh, it, you got to throw Notre Dame in there right now. Are they top five? No, but uh, I do believe they are a top ten team. I can go with that one, man. I mean, that's not necessarily too far-fetched, but the rest of them, yeah, they don't deserve it. Number three, number four, I mean, Florida, I mean, yeah, none of those teams really deserve it. I mean, the fact that the Big Ten isn't even coming close to even playing right now and all these teams are happy because of the rank, it's just BS. They really, really don't deserve the rankings where they're at, especially when they're getting beat by teams that are supposed to be like D2. I mean, K-State, Jacksonville State knocking off players, I mean, it's – yeah, no, I don't. I don't agree with the ranking system whatsoever. Well, COVID. Well, I, just to add to this, COVID's got everything messed up right now, right? Uh, Big Ten's not playing. Pac-12, they're irrelevant. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The Pac-12 is horrible. Oregon, USC, they're all down the drain. They can't hang with any of the Big Ten, SEC, or ACC schools, in my opinion. But to open up with yesterday's recap. The Aggies, Jimbo Fisher, whom I hate, uh, but I do love because he owns the Gators. Uh, they take down Florida. Jimbo's first win over a top five team since 2014 with FSU. Uh, uh, Jimbo has been slacking. I think he let his personal life uh, kind of detour him in his mindset. Uh, at Florida State, he was unhappy at Florida State. He wanted to build uh, a, a bigger program and wanted to play keep up. The top heads at Florida State kind of kind of battled with Jimbo a lot there. But, yeah, Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies, they take down the number four Gators, uh, which makes me happy because it's all I hate the Gators. I will never cheer for the Gators. Bump all of them, in my opinion. If you're a Gator, you can bite me. It's uh, it's going old till I die. I will never cheer for them ever, ever. I'll say this: There's not really much going on down there in Florida with any good team right now. I mean, all right, Florida got ranked. Florida showed up for like two games, and then yeah, they get knocked off. 
So, I mean, FSU, like you said, they're not really doing too much this year. The quarterback finally stepped up and filled in that position a little bit, but there was not really hardly any teams in Florida, which is sad to say because they used to pretty much run, like literally run most of the SEC and the ACC, and now they're like barely relevant. I mean, yes. That's true. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a pretty sight. Like you said, COVID is probably no. affecting a lot of the communication. I mean, you got to have chemistry. I mean, practices are probably being held to a minimum whatsoever, probably like some peanut football stuff. I mean, you only get to practice for one hour, and that should be good enough for y'all to play on Saturday. So, yeah. And then we've got LSU, the one-hit wonder. LSU has been exposed. That defense is straight garbage, a shootout with Missouri. LSU loses to the Missouri Tigers. This is actually the Missouri's first big win since joining the SEC. I don't think they've had uh, any top wins over any major program in the SEC yet, like an Alabama, like an Auburn. Uh, so knocking off LSU is big for them, maybe big for their recruiting this year now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that LSU team is just not the same team we watched last year. They are desperately in need of Joe Burrow to come back. Uh yeah, it's it's not a it's not a good look for uh, LSU right now, especially losing to a team like Missouri. If I'm thinking right with Missouri, they were last time they were relevant was um, when was it? They gave up a running back to the Patriots, and that was like the last time they were actually relevant, and that was around Tim Tebow's time also. So I mean, it's yeah, but LSU. I expected a little bit more. You can't go from winning a national championship to sit there losing two games back to back and then thinking that you're still literally relevant. The only thing they have any kind of relevance right now is the losing schedule. I mean, that's the only thing that they have that's going to be consistent. And that's not even what it was last year. So it's, it's definitely not good for them, whether it's defense or yeah. offense or whatever. Well, the thing about LSU is they put all their their eggs in one basket last year. They took a they took Joe Burrow in, uh, transferred from Ohio State, and guys? you know you that's it. And you've got to you've got to get you've got to have a, your next man up, right? The next quarterback ready, and they didn't. And they've paid dearly for it. And now uh, it, it, you, you lost so much on the defensive end last year. You lost your offensive coordinator to uh, the Panthers. So, uh, yeah, LSU's going to be rebuilding for quite some time, in my opinion. I mean, they could have done it. I mean, what was the last team that really had to do that? Buckeyes. They lost Terrell Pryor for a couple of games, and then they had TJ step in for them and knock out, take off a big win, and then they went down to their third-string quarterback with Cardell Jones and won the national championship. I mean, it, it shows depth. If a team does not necessarily show depth on their bench, whether it's on the defensive, offensive side, or quarterbacks or running backs whatsoever, I don't see how they can actually rank them up there that high to begin the season with. The rankings are all construed into a messed-up little series. I mean, strength of conference, I got you. But if you're not showing any consistency whatsoever on your bench, how can you literally rate a team up to number four or number two whatsoever when – they haven't proven anything. They haven't proven that they have the depth. They haven't had the starters or bench players step in for the starters to sit there and carry the team's load when somebody goes out. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. 
when it comes to the rankings, I think you have to throw them out the window until at least week four, week five of the uh, of the season. I mean, the uh, college football rankings have always been kind of uh, kind of backwards uh, and biased, in my opinion. So I think you've got to throw those. Uh, you got to throw those rankings. You got to completely ignore them until, like I said, at least week four, or week five. Yeah, that that is definitely but, true. But it should have moving to our moving to our next game, uh, the Red River Shootout, and what a shootout it was! Oklahoma had a pretty decent sized lead over Texas. Uh, once again, Oklahoma blew the lead, and. Uh, yeah, the Big 12 is going to do the Big 12 things, man. That the, There's no defense. I just – I don't understand. Where is your defense uh, for overtimes? I mean, God, that what was that, over, uh, uh, over 140 points scored total? I mean, that's it's, – it's insanity. Four overtimes. I mean, that's uh, – of course, Texas blew it. They threw an interception uh, to end it. Uh, kudos to Oklahoma for winning, but – Who's going to win the Big 12 this year now is my – I mean, God, Jesus, is Kansas State really your best team in the Big 12? I mean, is that is that who's – yeah, the Big 12 to me is a joke right now. But kudos to Oklahoma, kudos to uh, uh, Lincoln Riley for pulling off the W. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I'm just – I am so over the Big 12. It's, it's like the, the, the Atlanta Falcons of college football. That entire conference is just a joke. It's, it's definitely not good. I don't understand how you have four overtimes to sit there and win a game. I mean, if you were talking old school, like USC going down to playing old school, old school Texas or like LSU or Florida State and Florida battling it out and you said overtime, but that's like a rank between like a one and number two team and you're expecting a battle between those two. But Oklahoma that's was ranked number three or number four and then drops all the way down to 22 and then Texas fills the number four spot pretty much. I mean, and you're having a shootout for overtimes? That's ridiculous. I, I get that pretty much the whole Big 12 is an air rate offense and defense is possibly not the highest priority, but like, like I said, defense wins championships, hands down. Offense puts points in, on the board and puts fans in the stands and everything, but defense wins the championships. If you ain't got a defense, there's no way in the world that you can really expect to sit there and win the game. It's not going to happen. But. Very true. That is very true. But a good defensive battle that we watched yesterday, Auburn versus Arkansas. Um, Auburn squeaked the win out, but – I got a big issue with Auburn right now, and that is Gus Malzahn. Well, how, how much longer are they going to put up with Gus, especially in that fan base? They've uh, Just the play calling was horrible, horrible. I mean, I, I I am not a fan of Gus. That Auburn is better than what they're playing, and I think they've got more talent uh, than what they're showing, especially to barely pull out a, a last-minute field goal over Arkansas or win at 30-28. to 28. Uh, Yeah, I, it's, it's Gus Malzahn needs to go. They need to fire Gus Malzahn. They need to put money into getting a better coach. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just uh, – Auburn shocks me with the consistency. And, and, and I can tell you why, because he beats Alabama here and there. And that's why they keep him. I mean, 
but so did Tommy Tuberville. And I think one of Auburn's biggest mistakes was getting rid of Tubbs. I love Tuberville at Auburn, just mainly because he owned Alabama, but that's a whole other topic. But just, yeah, uh, Gus Malzahn needs to be fired, in my opinion. He is not a good coach. He's never been a good coach in my uh, – yeah, I, I'm not a fan. So, I mean, at least for all of our fans out there, do y'all think Auburn has a chance at winning the SEC? A chance of beating Alabama at the, late, at the way they're playing right now? I mean, Alabama, did they win? Sure. Did they impress me? No. Has Auburn necessarily impressed me? Not completely. I mean, they lost to Georgia. Georgia is not a bad team. But do the fans think that Auburn has a chance of winning the SEC? Can they rebound before they going to pull to Oklahoma and just win and then lose and then lose again and then keep on winning every once in a while and have a shootout? So. Well, I can tell you right now, I don't think Auburn has a chance in hell to win in the SEC this year. Just uh, I, I think they'll lose a couple games. Um, I'm not sure of their schedule. I have to look at it. But, yeah, I don't see Auburn winning the SEC at all this year. I can see that one because you still got Alabama, you still got Georgia. They already lost to. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really counting many other teams. I mean, even when they, I say Ole Miss will probably even get more run for the money. So, yeah, it's yeah. And uh, sticking with the SEC, balls uh, lose to Georgia yesterday. Saw a lot of good things with Tennessee though. The defense looked good, and they kept them in the game for. You know, as long as they could, Georgia just in that second half wore them down. Uh, if you don't have an offense, you can't you and you can't move the game, uh, the ball down the, the, the field. Uh, you're not going to do too much, especially against a team like Georgia. Uh, was it one of our offers said at one point was um, Tennessee has probably the best offensive line in the country. All the recruiting that they did do. Yeah, um, Georgia demolished their offensive line. What was the second half? They had two to three sacks, fumbles, and then one of them they picked up to the house. I mean, defensively, Georgia demolished Tennessee. There was nothing on the side. Yeah, Tennessee's just got zero offense, but they're getting there. I'm going to give Jeremy Pruitt credit because they did give Georgia hell that first half. Uh, That defense kept them in the game. And Jeremy Pruitt, in my opinion, is one of the best defensive minds in college football right now. So, you know, I tip my hat to uh, to Pruitt. I think he's one of the best out there. Uh, Defensively, I think he's got Tennessee moving in the right direction. He's just got to find his offensive weapons. Uh, And when they – the receiver number five for Tennessee is actually a nice receiver. The dude made some good, good catches. I mean, well, I say one of them was kind of iffy on the offensive pass interference, but you, you really can't hate on making the play because he did get up over top of the DB and then score and then catch another one on the back corner of the right end zone. I mean, so they do have him as a weapon. The quarterback situation does need some improvement, but – Hey, at the end of it, Georgia impressed me a lot, lot more than what Tennessee did. And Tennessee does have a lot of work to still go do. Georgia's quarterback is actually not a bad guy. I want to say Bennett. He's done some nice scrambling. Um, Passing-wise, like, they, they haven't. But Georgia's always at least had that one nice receiver. I mean, they gave up A.J. Green and a couple other players. I mean, so I expect yeah, them to do big things. George Pickens is a great receiver. I think he's just a little immature. That they got to wrangle him in a little bit. 
Uh, he cost them 15 yards. Um, and he was on the on the bench. Defense was on the field. And George Pickens squirts water or Gatorade or whatever all over uh, the Tennessee's quarterback after a scramble out of bounds and then kicked him or something. Uh but, yeah, that kid is just way too immature. Uh, I think if they get him wrangled in, though, he's going to be a great elite receiver. But uh, I think you're hurting your draft stock when you when you play childish games like that. You're talking about Pac-Man Jones status? Is he about on that level? Yeah, most definitely. Most. All the talent in the world, but the attitude just hurts him? Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and, and, and sticking with the SEC, still Alabama, Ole Miss. What a shootout that was! Both teams combined for over 600 yards uh, total offense each. I believe Ole Miss had like 640, Bama had like 660, 650, somewhere in there. But uh, Alabama pulls the pulled it off. They won. Uh, for some reason, Ole Miss always gives Alabama hell. I, it's it's one of those weird. It doesn't matter how bad Ole Miss is. It just seems like they come to play when it's Alabama. And I think uh, Lane Kiffin's going to do big things with Ole Miss. I like Lane. I'm a fan of Lane. I wish uh, Florida State would have considered him a little more, but I'm happy with the coach we have, not to get off topic. But, yeah, big shootout. But Alabama did not look like the number two team in the nation to me last night. They just didn't. Uh, I've That's rare to see an Alabama defense look like that. Uh, I think Ole Miss exposed them a little bit. So, uh, it, yeah, that's why I say you got to throw those rankings out the window until week four or five because that was if that's a performance from a number two team. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. I'll take it up to recruiting, even with Kevin being gone and everything, and Saban still being there. I'm gonna break it down to recruiting for Alabama. How many star players come out of high school and they want to sit the bench for two years? Or two to three years at that, and you only get one year to sit there and star and bump up your draft rankings whatsoever. I mean, nobody necessarily – they want to go to a school with a winning heritage. Got it. Alabama, they do have that one. But do you really, really want to sit on the bench for two or three years every single time that you go to college, especially for the school with such a high-profile name as Alabama right now? No. They'd rather go down to Ole Miss. They'd rather go down to Florida, FSU, too. I mean, you've seen Wake Forest and Duke take off all of a sudden. I mean, you've got Clemson who sits there and plays. I mean, yeah, their players get drafted to the NFL. Got it. But you're not going to college to sit on the bench unless you know that you're mediocre. If you think that you're a star, you want to sit there and play like a star. It's, it's that simple. I mean, yeah, so I see why Ole Miss is hanging with Alabama. Alabama is hurting themselves by winning too much almost. Dini Williams brings up a good point in the chat. She says, because uh, there is, uh, uh, let's see, Dylan Moses believes that Ole Miss had Alabama's defensive uh, signals, which is possible. I mean, Kiffin coached for Alabama. I mean, it's possible they had it. Uh, there's signals. Uh uh, we saw that with uh, Damian Craig with Auburn against Florida State. Uh, Florida State was getting demolished by Auburn in two th uh, 2013 in that national championship. And you can clearly hear Kelvin Benjamin on the sidelines tell Jimbo Fisher, Coach, Coach Craig is giving them our play calls. Uh, second half comes out, Jimbo's got a towel up hiding all the signals. And then the next thing you know, Florida State's national champions. So that is a possibility. Uh, did they or did they not? I don't know. I was watching the uh, – I really wasn't watching the Alabama game. I was watching Florida State-Notre Dame. But uh, 
that is a possibility. I mean, when you have uh, ex-assistant coaches facing you, they probably remember those signals. I'm not even going to blame it on that one. I'm going to say it's not Ole Miss's fault. That's all Saban's fault, hands down. If you do have that one, I mean, what, what, Tom Brady, Deflate Gates, and here recording everything else, and they like they ain't never seen this stuff before. Saban was in the NFL for a little bit. He should know better than to sit there and keep the same play calling because he doesn't feel like making the changes. That's his fault. If they'd have lost, it's still his fault. That's true. That's very true. But moving on uh, to, to uh, the number one team in the nation, the Clemson Tigers. They Clemson and FSU are rivals, but I'm going to say this. Dabo and Sunshine, thank you. Thank you for just beating the dog shit out of Miami last night. Thank you for embarrassing them and exposing Miami and F, uh, for who they really are. They haven't played a single team yet. They do not deserve their top ten ranking. Miami is trash. They will always be trash. Florida State is their Super Bowl. They beat Florida State, and they run their mouths off all year until the very next week, and then they lose. Uh, Clemson demolished Clemson, without Garrett King last night starting for Miami, it probably would have been 42-3 to because Miami's terrible. Their offense is horrible. You just you put 52 points on a horrible Florida State defense last week. This wasn't Florida State. This was Clemson, one of the top teams in the nation. So you're done for. Uh, uh, yeah, so thank you, Clemson, for beating the shit out of Miami because now I don't have to listen to those assholes on Twitter talk all fucking day. All right, I will give this one. Clemson, thank you for actually representing and playing like a number one top five team in the NCAA football conference. All right, I, I appreciate y'all for that one, hands down. Now, as far as the U goes, can't bash the U, man. They got the uniforms, the blackouts. They got the turnover chain. I mean, did they play up this part? No, they did not. Did they play a team that was greater, that was greater than them? High possibility. And you said they haven't played anybody yet. They played FSU also. I'm just saying. Hey, FSU's horrible. Anybody <laughs> can beat FSU. The hell, the Sarah, Sarah Land High School can beat Florida State right now. They look so bad. But we're about to get to Florida State. But Miami got exposed last night. They got exposed, and I'm very happy uh, because it proves what I've been saying uh, all year, that Miami is trash. They, uh, their little midget coach is trash. So, yeah, go go Tigers. They, they, I think Clemson's going to win it all this year. Trevor Lawrence is just – that kid is just an excellent quarterback. Who, Whoever picks him up next year in the NFL in the draft, they're, they're going to be lucky because Trevor Lawrence is, is the real deal. He's a great QB. So, anybody that's actually listening, we'll, I'll hit you up with Trevor Lawrence real quick. The dude has started pretty much for three years straight and has consistently performed. Does anybody think he is going to be the next Andrew Luck? going into the NFL. I mean, Andrew Luck was a beast. He performed at Stanford, I mean. But does anyone think that he will be the next Andrew, though? No. No, I think I think Trevor's going to succeed in the NFL. I highly believe he will. I think, well, there's talk of the Jets possibly trading Sam Donald and trying to get Trevor. So where does Trevor go? Does he go to Jacksonville? He won't be successful if he does that. Does he go to the Jets? He won't be successful if he does that. You you put Trevor with a team like the Broncos or 
who's somebody else that's struggling right now that needs a decent quarterback? Uh, or the Falcons, you know, Atlanta. If I'm Atlanta, I'm going after it. Yeah, replacement for Matt Ryan, possibly give him a year. I mean, or in this case, I know Carolina did just not take Bridgewater, but Lawrence going over to Carolina Panthers. He would fit in that offense. He would fit in that offense big time. I would like that. Yeah, that would be a good fit for Trevor. But you put him somewhere like Jacksonville or New York, that kid's not going to have a chance in hell. They're going to get him hurt. And I'm into the next Blake Bortles, highly recruited. The next Mark Sanchez coming out of USC, highly recruited, supposed to be the star of the team and everything else. And both of those players are pretty much floating around, probably working at McDonald's or something else, trying to get them their own little show going on or whatever. But, yeah, no, Lawrence – He's definitely got the talent to sit there and make it. I mean, if he probably would have left this year or last year, if he could have, I don't see Burroughs actually beating Trevor Lawrence as far as, like, the number one draft pick. No, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is probably – he should win the Heisman this year, in my opinion. If he doesn't win it this year, then, then yeah, something's wrong because that kid is the real deal, and he deserves it. And I think Clemson – I think they're going to win the nat Natty this year. Uh, I don't see anybody that can beat him. I really don't. That They're running back. Uh, his name is Travis, and I don't want to mess up his last name. So, number nine for Clemson. Watch him. Uh, that kid is a beast. I said that, uh, God. I said that on Wednesday, I think. Travis Edwards. You did? Saying, yep. Dude is a monster. Yeah, that, that's, that's him. Yeah. I, he was I, a before that one in. They literally just had him as a freshman, and I was sitting there like, the dude's breaking off 200 yards. Ain't nobody catching him. I was like, he's not necessarily small either. I mean, no, he's a tank, and he's got moves. Uh, yeah, I like Clemson a lot, man. I, I do. I hate to say it, but I do. I, I like Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I hate to admit that, but I do. Uh, he's just got he's got Clemson on the right track. Uh, I know a lot of Alabama fans think that that will be uh, Nick's replacement, but I don't see Dabo ever leaving Clemson. I see him as a Bobby Bowden sticking around forever because he's got it so good. See why he would change it either, to be honest. I mean, the only thing that I'm going to actually say, does Clemson have a chance to win it? Yes. Yes, they do. But you're forgetting about one thing, Sam. Big 10. A couple more weeks. Got it. But Big 10. You're forgetting about I'll be watching out. I'll be looking out for the, uh, the Buckeyes. I think they're going to be the best team in the Big Ten this year. But I'm sorry, man. I just don't see anybody beating that Clemson team right now. I, I just really don't. Hey, I'll, I will say this. Ohio State wasn't expected to win that national championship that year either with their third-string quarterbacks in there playing. But what happened? They won. Alabama was supposed to be the gods of football that year. What happened? Got knocked off. It wasn't a, that was probably the start of a long trend that's going to be happening. But, yes, Clemson does have a good team. But, yeah, it's it's still hard to even sit there and kind of rate who else is possibly in the race for everything, considering that you still have two conferences that haven't even joined yet. But the Big Ten is going to be the one that's going to be shaking everybody up, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. nobody has defense. Everybody is offense, but nobody has defense. And that's the one thing that the Big Ten always does have. Defensively, they have always been monsters. Well, speaking of defense, this will bring us to our final game recap, and that was the Florida State Seminoles versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, 
They pull it really Man. Hard. Yeah. They, 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 uh, I will say this. If you're a Florida State fan and you watched that game last night and you did, and you still feel bad about this loss, you're, you're crazy. If you didn't see what our offense did last night, and this is the first time, and I would say years, four or five years, I watched the Florida State offense dominate. Our offensive line dominated one of the top five defensive lines in the country. Uh, Webb, uh, Lawrence Tofili, our running backs, had a field day. Uh, we got a quarterback now. Uh, uh, Jordan Travis is the real deal. That kid, he's just a sophomore, and he is good. He he was tossing the ball all over the place last night. He was making great reads on the uh, on the option runs. Uh, Jordan Travis is the real deal. Defensively, yes, we lost, but defensively, we are lost. We we are trash. Uh, we need answers. A lot of people want to blame our coaching, but this has been years. Years of terrible, terrible defensive play. So is it coaching or is it the players? Because I see our supposed top draft defensive tackle, Marvin Wilson, you know, he's getting blown up every week. He got blown up by Georgia Tech's backup O-line. He got blown up last night by Notre Dame. He got blown up by Miami. When do we start putting the focus on these players that are overrated and not doing they, The defensive line showed zero hard last night. I watched Big Coop. This kid weighs 350 pounds, get pushed around like crazy last night, uh, and didn't even try to fight off the block. Our defense has no heart. Now, you put them on Twitter, and they'll tweet all week about how great they are. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's coaching. I, don't, I think it's the heart. This this defense has no heart, but that Jordan Travis, I'm going to tell you this right now, Mike Norville is the guy for Florida State. That offense was dominant for that first half last night. They looked great, and I, I'm, I'm excited for the future. That's Sam Dean in the background. He's got that radio going on in the background. That's all him. That's not me. I'm repping the Savage Sports, so that's, that's not me. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as the players go – how many times have you seen the team get down because they have a losing record and they're supposed to be completely hyped up and be good whatsoever? I mean, you got 350-pound defensive linemen that's getting pushed back. Technically shouldn't happen. But like you said, COVID-19, all the conditioning whatsoever. I mean, you've seen great defensive tackles in the NFL get cut because they weren't in condition to play football. The dude's probably got 10 plays in him and he's sitting there wanting some air whatsoever. He's sitting there probably got the little gas mask on and everything. Like, I can't breathe. 350 pounds on your body? And if he's the only person that's supposed to be the star, he's getting double teamed. So, or Sue for uh, in the NFL, he gets double teamed. I mean, so you're kind of expecting the, was, the best player. They were single blocking Marvin Wilson all night. There was no double team on him. They didn't have to. They didn't have to. And I, I thought about the conditioning side of it, but it's not conditioning. The kid just, he's, he doesn't care. I think he practiced well, and he's, his mind is focused on Sundays, uh, getting into the NFL. But, I mean, you got to show up on Saturday. You're, he's killing his draft stock right now. These kids have no heart. Our defense has no heart. Outside of Amari Gaynor, Brandon Gant, uh, and Asante Samuel Jr. 
those are the three hardest players we've got on defense right now that they play nonstop every play. Uh, Florida State has to go full youth movement. They have to. You're at a point where seniority, stars, it doesn't matter anymore. Give me the 11 best guys who want to play, who are going to fight. And my hat off is, is off to Mike Norville. Uh, they were down 42-26. The game was over. He was still calling timeouts. He was making this team uh, fight to the very last second last night. And and that's what's got to happen. We need a complete culture change at FSU. But as I said, if you're a fan of Florida State and you did not like what you've seen out of our offense last night, then you just don't know football because our team looked great last night. Uh for that first half. And then I think they just got a little tired. Uh, the, the offense got worn down. Uh, Jordan Travis did go out with an injury to his hand, but uh, I read earlier that he is okay uh, uh, and should be back next week against North Carolina, which when we do our college uh, our college pod next week, I will we will discuss that game. But uh, – I expect big things from Mike Norville and Florida State in the future. I think I think Norville is like Dabo Sweeney. They wanted to fire Dabo at Clemson, I think, in 2012 because Florida State just came in and embarrassed them, and they wanted to fire Dabo. And it took Dabo eight years to build that program, and it takes time. It really does. I mean, the college world now and the college fan bases is win, 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 win. And if you don't win, you're out of there in two or three years. You've got to give a coach time to get the players he wants in. That's going to fit his schemes, his offenses, and then you'll see progress. And that's what happened with Dabo. Uh, so hopefully Florida State gives Norval the time because he's he's going to turn this team around. I agree with you. They're the 11 biggest hearts that want to win. Um However you put it, any athlete, anybody that's actually played any sport whatsoever, nobody wants to lose. If you're just there just to say that you're on the team whatsoever, then kick them to the side, hands down. If you're not playing, if you ain't starting, if you're not giving 100% and you know that you're not, you should be ashamed of yourself as a player by itself. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that's in college football right now that is happy sitting on the bench or being second stream. I mean, having the competition behind you, knowing it's just breathing down your neck the whole way, that should make every player play better. And if they're just comfortable being there and knowing that their their spot is still safe, they're not going to perform. They're not. And that might be the case with FSU right now. I mean, it might be the case with Alabama, some of them. I mean, if you know that you ain't going to be getting pressured by anybody, then yeah, you're just going to do mediocre and hopefully that it turns out the way it's supposed to be instead of sitting there giving you all. I mean, one person can change around the whole team. Seen it. If it's on the defensive side, you need to have that one player that's a leader regardless. If it's on the offensive side, the quarterback is supposed to be the leader. But, I mean, one person can turn around a whole team. So, I mean, where's that? It takes hard. It takes heart, and uh, Florida State showed heart last night. And, again, this is the first time I've seen it in a while uh, from Florida State. So Mike Norville's definitely got the culture change going. But, Griff, uh, any other games you want to talk about? Did, is there anything you uh, – any game that caught your eye yesterday? Um, Old Miss we already hit. It was a good game. I was rooting for Old Miss. Um Georgia was pretty much the biggest one that really caught my eye. Them and Clemson, like I said, that's the only two that's even came close to performing up to expectations as far as being ranked in that top 25. I mean, 
for Chris's sake, unfortunately, K-State, um, K-State, they're performing. QB or yeah. they're performing. That's all I'm going to say on K-State. That's it. That's it. It's, it's the Big 12. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Big 12 is a damn joke, like I said earlier. Uh, but, you know, Georgia, we could be seeing a preview of the SEC championship next week because Georgia-Alabama squaring off next weekend. Uh, I think that's our preview for the SEC championship. So look yeah. forward to that one. That's going to be a big game next weekend. Uh, but, again, we'll get more into that when uh, we do our college pod uh, on next week uh, to, to talk about the games coming up. Uh but yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's about that's about it for me. I, I just, you know, I watched pretty much every game uh, last uh, yesterday. I had my laptop going and games on the TV and two laptops with games on them that I kept switching. Uh, biggest disappointment for me is again Auburn. I think Gus Malzahn needs to be fired. But that's my thoughts on it, man. That's uh, that's what I saw yesterday. I just uh, yeah, I'm not impressed with a lot of teams. Alabama definitely wasn't playing like the number two team in the nation yesterday, though. But Clemson, they they proved their worth, and so did Georgia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hope ain't nobody got any signals. Hey, it's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna be cheating, even if they ain't cheating, and somebody's gonna claim that cheating's happening. I mean. I guess the one thing that has caught everybody's eye right now is um, the legal contact or personal foul, helmet-to-helmet calls. I will say that was probably one of the bigger things that did hurt Tennessee yesterday, but on the safe side of sports either way, like, yes, I love seeing big kids. I love seeing people get rocked. I mean, it's just one of those things about football. It's, it's a contact sport. But is there a right way to do it, or is there pushing down the right way to do that one? No helmet-to-helmet contacts? Yes. I mean, I've been on the receiving end before of getting somebody's helmet plugged right into my ear hole when you ain't paying attention. <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> I do I do think they take it a little too far. I do understand we're trying to keep uh, – you're trying to protect the quarterbacks. I saw a call yesterday that I thought was just completely ridiculous, and I think it was Tennessee, Georgia, and I think the call was on Tennessee. I mean, yeah, the end – was a little the end of the play was a little too aggressive, but the kid it was a clean hit on the quarterback. He slammed him, but I mean that's football, and I think they're taken away from the sport. Yes, protect the protect these kids, right? Uh, but it wasn't helmet to helmet. It was just an aggressive slam. I mean the quarterback had already threw it, but I mean he he hit him as the quarterback released the ball, so it wasn't like it was a late hit. But it's still a 15-yard penalty, and I just I didn't agree with it at all. I thought I thought uh, I think they're taking it a little too far. Yeah, helmet to helmet, I got it. But helmet to helmet hits, like especially for running backs. I mean, what's the difference between a running back and a linebacker going helmet to helmet? I get it if you're saying a receiver caught the ball midair and you're jumping up, leading with the helmet straight to their helmet or something. Like yes, but you can't make plays if you're sitting here worried about every single time that you hit them whether or not you're going to get ejected. It's not going to happen. Otherwise, you might as well just let the defense just sit back and watch the offense score. I mean, you might as well watch the Big 12, watching Oklahoma and Texas just score on each other. Can't play defense, can't hit somebody. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Quarterbacks are getting softer either way it goes. It's the most protected position in the NFL. I get it that the offense is supposed to run around the quarterback, but 
if the quarterback is sitting here running the ball, he might as well be a running back. If he's sitting here passing the ball, like, I got it. You've got that one and a half steps, I mean, that you can sit there and hit them. But how are you actually supposed to tackle the quarterback? That's the one place that any defensive player, when he sees the quarterback and he thinks he's got a shot with him, he's like, ooh, like, yes, let's get him. Like, I got him. But now it's like, tag, you're it. Wait, wait, did you hit him on the helmet or did you just touch his shoulder? You know what? Let's just throw the flag either way it goes. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, Griff, I think that wraps this uh, this college recap up. Uh, so you guys don't forget to tune in next week as we go uh, over our NFL games and, and college games for the week. Uh, we're doing two episodes now, one all college, one all NFL. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and many other uh, podcast websites. I'm not sure where we all are at right now. I know Spotify 100%. Uh, and, of course, you can catch our lives here on Facebook uh, every week, twice a week, sometimes yeah. more. Yep, uh, working on getting it up on YouTube. So, I mean, if you want to catch back up on it, if you ain't doing Facebook, then we're working on get that stuff up on YouTube so everybody can see it. But definitely tune in. Uh, Denny, definitely appreciate the comments and the interaction. I mean, everybody else is watching. Hey, feel free, post a question, ask the question. We will answer it. We will get back to you and give, give you our opinion and everything. So definitely keep tuning back in. That's right. Thanks, guys. And we will see you next week. All right, Savage Sports Podcast, out.